Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent into Kingston, Jamaica. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also, this time, please put away all carry-in items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Hello, Culturama listeners. Welcome to the show Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is just the best thing. With me in studios, I have with me Miss Kelly Brown from Kingston, Jamaica. Hi Kelly, how are you? Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm okay. I'm blessed actually. Thanks for having me. So first of all, before we start, uh, many of my listeners may be thinking that why is she interviewing a lot of blind people? Well, I'm just saying to you listeners, do not get that impression. I'm interviewing different people in different walks of life. And um, regarding the other episode, please accept my apologies for Mr. Saddam Ahmed. He's not able to attend this meeting, so we'll have to just get it for another time. Okay, back to Kelly. So tell us, who is Kelly Brown? Well, Kelly Brown is an ambitious and industrious young lady who I believe and I know that has a lot of potential and, you know, was made to impact this world, you know? So I know that I am an agent of change. Tell us about your childhood life growing up and the nature of your challenge. Well, to be frank, you know, my childhood life was a typical ordinary life. I mean, I started life in the country initially, um, in the parish of St. Mary, and I came to Kingston to start my primary school education. Grew up, went to Mona High School because I resided in the community of Augusta. Went to Mona High School, and it was when I was in grade ten that the whole episode of blindness was introduced to my world. Tell us about that. So I, I was sixteen at the time in grade ten, and I was just in devotion one normal morning, ordinary morning, you know. And I just saw what seemed like flashes of light before my eyes. So it's almost like a blink on, blink off experience. Mm-hmm. And that's when I felt felt this intense vibration running throughout my body. And I started experiencing shortness of breath. And when I reached out for my friend's arm to hold on, you know, as though for support, she said to me, you know what, don't hold on to me because if you fall, I can't manage you. And I heard that still small voice, you know what, Kelly? go and sit in the main office. And as I approached the corridor, I fainted and my teacher caught me. And that was how everything started. But the blindness didn't all start at once because what actually happened that morning when I fainted, I wasn't really unconscious, but I still had sight. But as that week progressed, the sight deteriorated over two weeks period, it went rapidly. And I remember the third morning of that week, I asked my teacher to help me in doing my exam by allowing someone to read my exam paper. And upon declining, she suggested that I go and get my my eyes tested. And when we tested, when it was tested, that's when 
you know, the doctors kind of found strange because he did not understand what was really going on. Mm-hmm. And so he suggested that I do a CT scan. And when I did it, the results showed that everything was normal. Still in a state of bewilderment and astonishment, he sent me to do an MRI. When that came at normal also, he was still not satisfied. And so they put me on some prednisone. But all that did was cause me to gain a lot of weight and cause a lot of bumps and stuff to come out on my skin. Mm-hmm. And even up until then, you know, I was still going to school because I wanted to end the term with a good grade still, yes. you know, still mm-hmm. being you know, persistent and persevering, mm-hmm. I went to school and, you know, by the end of those two weeks, I tell you, this the site just reached a point now where I can only see white. Everything was just white. Wow. Everything was just white. No colors at all I could see. Mm-hmm. So from seeing the words to the words looking like the dancing on the page to the words looking like they were in a, just being aligned, then I was not seeing anything at all. And I remember when I woke up one morning over summer, you know, you know and that was June. When I woke up the, the summer, I remember all I could see was pitch darkness. And I remember like it was, it was yesterday because I was the same time that Michael Jackson had died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was during that same time. Mm-hmm. Right. So you could always hear some of Michael Jackson songs playing. But you see, the thing is, I was supposed to do my, you know, summer employment and yes. I couldn't do it because of, you know, the blindness and all and you know it stayed that way for the whole of july the whole of august the whole of september and midway in october was when you know this i started to glimpse again i started to see something like light and after i told my mommy she said you know what kills just every time you glimpse something say thank you jesus even though my mom was not a christian you know like any religious jamaican mm-hmm. you send your children to shun the school and you send your offering and all of that but you're not going you know but little did she know what she was really doing because I, it was just after I got baptized, one month later to be exact, was when the whole episode of blindness started. But I was not daunted, I was not discouraged because, you know, I had the family support of both, you know, my spiritual brothers and sisters in the line, mm-hmm. as well as my immediate, as well as my, my, my blood relatives. And so I give thanks for that. And so in mid-October, when the site started to, show some improvement in terms of me seeing light and could make out a little shadow or so, such the like. I told my mommy I wanted to go back to school to complete my high school education. Wow. And when I went up to the school, that was the first time I ever cried. And you might be thinking, then after being blind and you don't cry, you go up to school and after hearing, you know, your superiors tell you that the school is not trained to accommodate blind students, I tell you, that was the first time I cried. Wow. It's as though someone took my dreams and just tore them up and just threw them away. Because I just said to my mommy, mommy, I'm going to pass all my subjects and I'm going to make it proud. Because I knew it was a very stressing summer while she was trying to hold the faith and keep strong, you know, being a single parent and all. Mm-hmm. I knew she was hurting deep down because you never gave birth to a daughter who was blind, but you had to face up to that reality. And, you know, she was there with me, giving me the support. And I remember when the secretary, she hugged me up and she said to me, you know, Kelly, stop crying because you're letting your mommy cry. And I said, I dried my tears because I said, you know what, I'm not going to be selfish. And when they told me that the school not trained to teach blind students and the teachers don't go through the training and all of that, man, I just said, okay. But you see, I know that God is bigger than any situation and bigger than every man. So yes. Yes, I go. Oh, yes. Then I saw. But he... 
you know, worked it out that I ended up commencing school in October. And I remember when I started school, the first morning when I went to school, you know, my friend saw me, one of classmates saw me, and she said to me, Kelly, you're not writing any notes, because they know that's not Kelly. Kelly's normally there with her book out ready, you know, head up already and everything. And she's like, Kelly, you're not writing any notes, watch it on Bad Girl over the summer. And I just smiled and shook my head and I said, I'll talk to you. And I spoke to her. She's like, Kelly, you sure? You know, it's not someone trying to, you know, stop your progress because of your intelligence and because you're bright and all that. And I'm saying, what do you mean? And she's like, my mommy tell me that people, you know, dabbling witchcraft a lot and all that. And I just made a resolve in my mind. I said, listen to me. I'm not going to put my belief there, so, but I'm going to tell you this. If that is even the case, it shows that my God bigger and stronger because if the devil could have taken me out, he would have. You understand? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I just continued that year. And, you know, the, 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 the ism, schism came, I can tell you that. I was not allowed to sit on my C-sex subjects because I guess the teachers lost faith in me. And only two teachers, my area, my social studies teachers um, recommended me. And I only sit two subjects that year. I was robbed of my opportunity to go to my graduation ceremony because I couldn't find a receipt to show that I paid my school fee. And so they were asking me to repay it again. And I'm saying, no, man, that's foolishness. And I say, no, what? I know we, we ain't no criminal. I know it is paid and I'm not going to go through the stress of paying it again. So I didn't go to my graduation ceremony. But I decided to repeat grade 11. And when I did, you know, I did an additional six subjects and I left that high school with eight C6 subjects. Congratulations. I, you, I, I thank you. But those eight subjects did come just, you know, just being handed to me and a platter because I tell you, the ridicule was overwhelming. The last, I mean, it was a, it was a period of alone some years. I mean, you know, the statement that says, if you want to know your true friends, pretend as though you're dead for a day is a real statement and I've come to prove that because all my besties and all that, they abandoned me during that difficult moment. And I remember my best friend had gotten a head girl at the time and she said to me, Kelly, they're not going to give the feedback because you can't see. Really? So said, that is okay, just man. so discriminatory. That's, I, I said, that's okay. That's okay, you know, because I have a bigger vision, you know? And so I continued, I persevered and I matriculated to the 6-1 program. When I started, they said they only allow you to do three key subjects the most. And I said, okay, no problem. I remember you know, going through six trauma, when you think that older persons get their behavior a lot more mature, I didn't really see that. Mm-hmm. Because I remember one of my one of my peers said to me that I should ensure that I fail my exam because he wants his dog to get the award, you know? What? And I started to think in my mind, wow, they started to dress them up, send them to school now to learn. You understand? But I know what he was saying. There was a young man in my class who we were competing for the, you know, for the, the award for the most outstanding student in the in the, in the subjects. So he wanted to be sure that I feel that his friend could be there. And I know him, he's so unambitious and to think of it for himself. But you know, mm-hmm. I just continue to do what I had to do. And God is so good that I passed all my key subjects. And I moved on from that high school because at the time, Mona didn't have upper six form. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go to Excelsior. But when I thought things were just going to get better and better, Culture I'm a diva, I tell you, when I was in, up, when I started Upper Six One program at Excelsior, that's when the site went. That's when the whole period of, of blindness started to act up again, right? Because all that time, the site was gradually improving. But when I was at Excelsior, I was admitted in the hospital for um, about 11 days. 
a neurology clinic and that's when the doctors gave me the the the, the understanding that the diagnosis was neuromyelitis optica and when i did my research on it i understood the devil i was fighting all these years you know and you know i i when i came out of the hospital actually i had to stay home because what i was going through was so intense even my superiors like my principal the chaplain for the school they were saying boy if i find out any at all that doing these exams is going to complicate your health they're not going to allow you to do the exams you're going to allow you to stay home just to backtrack a little kelly just to backtrack and let me just remind my listeners who are listening internationally that cxc means the caribbean examinations council so persons in the caribbean seek those exams in order to go to college or university and cape means caribbean proficiency examinations same thing but you do it at a higher level to get to university so tell me kelly your neurological disorder it led you now to christianity so i'm saying explain to my listeners now what led you to christianity like any normal teen, you felt like you're battling with these feelings of rejection and not feeling the kind of love that you'd want to feel from your parents. And so while the love was there, you could see it because I know that I got the understanding that the enemy is all about division. You know, just as we saw that Jesus said it, you know, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Mm-hmm. And so if an enemy can, if the enemy can keep a family divided, he knows that they will not amount to good or accomplish the kind of purpose that they should. And so um, at 16, when I decided to be water baptized, because I had given my life to the Lord before, but when baptism was being held one day, I just said, you know what, God, I'm going to sign the and seal, seal the thing, you know. And I decided to be water baptized. And it was one month after, as I said, that's the whole testing of my faith started. Because that's what I consider it to be, you know. Because I know that, you know, the testing of our faith will have to produce, you know, perseverance. Because if we are going to do the work that God has called us to do in this day and age and in the years to come, then we have to be ready. Ready physically, ready ready even more so spiritually. Because our, he has to test us to see if we are ready, ready and equipped to carry his glory. And know that not, not any and everything that comes our way that we're going to throw in the toilet. And that's one of the things I have, gone, I have seen in my time of testing. Because it's not like it's over, because it's an ongoing process, you know? But... God allows us to go through this. Just like a teacher, they want to see what level you are. They'll test you to see if you have grasped all that they have been exposing you through to throughout the course and the year I support because they want to bring it to a higher level. And it's the same with God because he uses the physical things of this world to help us to understand the spiritual truths, you know. You understand? And so when I when I was when I was sixteen and decided to start this journey, I know the enemy was vexed as ever. As he saw what he lost, but also God knows and I, I knew what he gained. And, and, and you see, God will not allow us to go through more than we can be. And that's something I have proven. Because even though this is a cross that I, some might say is very heavy, and my pastor said to me, Boy, Kelly, if I chose the cross that you were carrying, I would not have given you one that heavy. I would have given you one that is more fitting for a 16 year old. But you see, because God knows the end from the beginning, He knows what you are able to do. And you know, one of the thoughts I have, I have used as a, as a driving factor in my life, Culture Diva, is that don't give up when you still have something to give. Nothing is really over until the moment you stop trying. And I have been persevering all these years because I say I want to know what God saved me for to the fullest extent. I want to know what he has in store for me up the road. You understand? Because I know this is not yet. I have not yet scratched the surface yes. in terms of what God has for me. 
you understand? And so while the neuromyelitis optica is a killer, you know, and by earthly perspective, they say there is no cure. I know I serve a God that's bigger than every situation, bigger than the universe, the God who can do wonders beyond our galaxy. You understand? And so while, you know, over these years, I have gone blind three times and been in a wheelchair three times because when I matriculated to university, paralysis became a part of the whole testing. I was just and about to get there. Tell us about your university education and, and you have faced some difficult times, but you pulled through to get a degree. Tell us about that. Well, just to tell you, when I left Excelsior, I graduated with all five kids. Congratulations. I, I did the five years and I remember when I, that same award that, that classmate wanted me to miss out on, I remember that even though I was robbed of my graduation, when I went to the prize giving ceremony, I was asked to be one of the guest speakers and I spoke on the topic, Bloomer, you are planted. And when I did that, I got four awards at that um, prize giving. I got the most outstanding student in all three of my key subjects and wow. the most outstanding student in the whole school. Oh, wow. Congratulations. And I thought to myself, this is what the word of God said, that the stone the builders rejected became the chief and a stone. Because not who you say, no, it's who God said. Yes. And I've learned that God likes to be on the side of the underdog. Those persons that are lowly and despised and persons think nothing can become of them, those are the ones that God likes to use to the great things. When I left Upper Six Farm, I graduated with a full scholarship to university. Because the inner city area that I'm from, they have some partnership with the university, and so they give out at least about several scholarships to different areas mm -hmm. each year. And so I was blessed to get it for my area. And I tell you that when I started UA, you know what I mean? I started being ambitious just to see him persevering and, you know, seeking to finish with my, getting my degree and all of that. I had, the criteria was that I had to keep a 3.0 GPA. And I remember when they paid my fees the first semester and then I, Ended up losing the sight the second time. Ended up in a wheelchair. I remember I lost the scholarship the first semester. And boy, my GPA dropped to 1.98. Mm. And it was a, a, a trying year because in the next term, next semester, my mommy had to pay by installments. And, you know, she managed to. But I remember just before we got to pay the last amount, they called me from the UE telling, from the campus, telling me that if I not finished paying, I wouldn't get to see my exams. But God pulled through as he always does because he's the one in charge of this shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And the next term, what also happened is that I lost sensation in my hands. I was just eating my lunch one day and I don't even know when I took up the water and turned it all over in my lap. I just remember that I wanted to drink my water. And I said to myself, but I remember leaving more water than this in the bottle. And it's like a mindset to me, put your hand in your lap. And I was in the wheelchair and I realized, oh my God, all the water I turned it out in my lap and didn't even feel it. And it reached a point where I could even use my own hands to feed myself. You know, all of that had to resort to rehabilitation down by the Mubuna Rehab Center. And yes. I had to be learning how to tie my lace, to buckle my belt, all of that all over again. How, how instrumental out, were they to your rehabilitation needs? I can be, I tell you, they were really good because each time when the, there was a regression in terms of the you know, in terms of the movement and support, I had to go there. And, and this is, a, I actually in rehab now, and this is my third time being there, because they have been very instrumental in helping you to go to the most in living and managing on your own. You understand? And I, I've seen, I went, I went there in a wheelchair, came out there walking, you understand? Yes. Twice before, and this is the third time, as I said, being there. 
So they're very intimate. They're well equipped to help you to reach from point A to point B with all the machinery that you need mm-hmm. to build up all your muscles and get you up in tip-top shape again. You understand? So they have been very instrumental. And so even after that, my first year, when I went my second year, I guess those was the persons in charge of the scholarship. The Lord touched the heart, they gave me about the scholarship, even though my GPA reached 3.0. And they gave it to me all the way till I completed my degree. Mm-hmm. And when I was finally graduating, that's when I finally got the three point something mm-hmm. for my GPA. Because mm-hmm. I was determined to carry it up there. And I tell you, when the side came back again, now I went on teaching practice. I taught at Jamaica College, taught at the same Mona High School that, you know, when you were there, you were like a deserted stone or like yes. a ugly duckling, you know. <laughs> but God has a way of showing himself strong. You understand? And he favors you by his own choice, you understand? And, you know, I remember one day the Lord gave me a revelation and he said, listen to me, my daughter, don't worry about it now, you know, because some get them good things for earth, but the better place to get it is to get your reward in heaven. And he said, no matter what you go through now, the suffering that you go through will never be able to compare to the glory that you receive. And I tell you, those things have just helped to keep me grounded. Tell us about tell us about your um your 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 last year of university when you got that final moment to graduate. Well, well in twenty sixteen when the site went the third time, um I tell you, the Lord had just given me a word and he said it's it's time to stop kicking with the chickens and so like a needle. And I remember one night we were preparing for children's church. As I'm, I'm the coordinator, I were preparing the word to give the children. I said, what are we going to teach tomorrow? And I said, the word the Lord confirmed my spirit is, what do you do in times of adversity? Learn to look up rather than look around. And I remember that night I was going to my bed and I'm saying, mommy, I don't like how my eyes look. It's like I was only seen to a certain level. Anything below that line, I would have to hold in my head. You see, by the time the next morning I woke up, I wasn't seeing any at all. Wow. And, <laughs> I remember, you know, because I remember when I was going to class on campus. Now, I remember even at one point when, when I was doing my exams, you remember you were the one leading me because at that point, up to then, I had not received mobility training. I didn't know to use the white cane or anything. And, you know, going to school and so it was very difficult, but I put, pulled through nevertheless. And I remember when I went to class, one of my lecturers said to me, Kelly, this is not you. You're normally first person at class and all of that, but still, um, you know, you're not, you're not behaving like yourself these days. What happened? And she's like, I know this might be hard for you, but don't let it get to you too much, you know? And I remember I took her advice, you know? And I continued to persevere. And I tell you, I remember, I don't know if you remember culture, I'm a vivo, but when you and I went to the class and you and I were walking, and yes. one of the teachers stopped her, her teaching. Yes, I remember. Is this the demonstration of the blind needing the blind? Yeah. And I <laughs> only said... Um, I don't think that was what the Lord meant when he said, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't know if she was trying to be comical or something, but I didn't see how that was necessary. But still, we don't have those persons because just as God has his prophet and prophetesses, you know, the devil has his as well, you know. And so, third year now, and you know, you continue to persevere, you're pushing through one thing. And you know, I'm still getting my good grades and I tell you, things looking up. But the only thing is that I wasn't seeing. And I remember at one point, I said, God, you got to talk to me and your daughter. You know you love the way you talk to me because you just tell me to make a soar like an eagle. And from what I know, blind eagles can't soar. But you know the word that says his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. 
mm-hmm. I got to understand that God's way of doing things doesn't necessarily have to match up with what we want, you know? Yes. But he has an understanding of what the end looks like from the beginning of, of time. Of course. And so he knows what we need to get us of there. Of course. You understand? And if we can just trust him and partner with him, he'll help us to ride out the storm. And I remember, even he came on to graduation, actually that was even a blessing of itself. When I saw that it was 15000 for the ground, I said, no, sir, not paying 15000 for a ground, and I'm not getting it to carry on. And so I kind of scratched graduation off my list. But you know, sometimes God just tells you a year of time, and I remember God said, it is your season. Mm-hmm. And I remember the persons for the scholarship called me and said, Kelly, you going to graduation? I said, boy, I was thinking about it, but that 15000 for the ground, and I don't see it. But even though the university owed me some money, they didn't want to use that money to cover for the graduation. They said that was for academic purposes. And I remember the persons for the scholarship said, okay, Kelly, don't give up hope yet. I'll call you back soon. When they come back, they come back and say, I want you to pick up your gown. It's pressed and ready over by, you know, the Mogona Social Services. I'm like, okay, bless the Lord. When it came on to picture package and all of that, you know, the girl who was supposed to do the makeup. It's okay, I'll just do, I'll just put on a little foundation and support for five hundred. Okay then. I said, Lord, I see you working. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went to that graduation. I was the only person who graduated in a wheelchair. I was like, Papa, I was like, so famous. <laughs> I remember one girl came and she's like, could I take a picture? You inspire me. You know? Wow, that's and I remember wonderful. for the whole time, Mommy said the video, the camera was just on me. Yanathan. And, you know, I tell you, God knows how to really make a make, make his children feel special. And you see, as I said, in being a 16-year-old, doubting the love and affection of those who are going to that, I have proved that my mommy loved me unconditionally. Love with a passion. But the enemy is always seeking to just weave his way in. And that's why as people of God, we have to be discerning and know that our God is able to do more than we can ever ask or imagine. We have to know that our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Not even just more, no. so much more. You understand? And if we can just partner with him, man, we'll see what he has in store for us. I reached a point in my life, you know, called drama where I say, here, man, persons read about Job, you know, to read about me alone, you know, them see me. They, they know the testing, they know the testimony is not something that is on paper. They see it in life and living color. And I say, when you hear about Job, well, me a Job Isha, you know? Because mm-hmm. I know what it is like to go through the suffering. I tell you. And, and, and this is the thing, you know, I've not been the only one because when you go through them kind of struggles there, you know, you remember those run about you. Sorry, I live love it as well, you know. But you see, I tell persons that my best years are yet to go. Yes. And that greater things have yet to come and greater things are still to be done in my life. When I went on a rare folk, I said this, listen me. I see myself as a part of the working world. I see myself with my family. I see myself going places. Because my name doesn't mean warrior for nothing, you know. Or the lion in me have to roar, or the giant in me have to go alive. You understand? Mm-hmm. And so, I'm just telling myself, I'm just telling those listeners out there that, listen, my man, nothing is impossible for God. And nothing is impossible for you once you can just hold fast to it and change it. You know? And I say, I always say this in the Lord, me not just want to hold on for you, know, but more you hold me because when you hold me, I can't drop out of your hand. If I hold on to you, I might let go, but I want you to hold me. Hide me in your pavilion, in your bosom, hide me under your wings where the enemy can do me no harm. And I want you to work and do exploits in my life that even me, when you finish with me, I'll be in awe. I'll stand in astonishment. I'll not even recognize myself when you finish rubbing me down and make me. 
into what you have in store for me to be. And so all of the listeners out there, locally, internationally, I'm telling you, if you can just look to the Almighty God, man, you won't be sorry. You know, many persons say, if you try everything and everything else fails, try Jesus. But no matter where till everything fails, you try him, no, no. And save yourself the heartache and the pain. Save yourself all the resources that you have to use up and, 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 and try to fill that gap and that void on the inside. It can only be filled with God because we are created for intimacy. And as I say, this, this, the quote I use is, don't give up when you still have something to give. Nothing is really over until the moment you stop trying. As a cultural idea, that's the story of Kelly. Story of my life. Because <laughs> I am on a relentless journey to find what God has for me. Finally, Kelly, could you share with us your favorite scripture passage and give us a brief word of encouragement? Ah, well, mm, well, I have quite a few, you know, but there's a scripture in, I think, Psalm 89 or 90, there about, that says, Lord, make me blessed for as many days as I have suffered and for as many years as I have seen the struggles. And I love that scripture so much because, you know, I tell persons that oftentimes when you go through a trial or a struggle for one day, you can't bear up. Probably if you go through it for a week, it's not so hard. When you become months and years, then you really see where your faith is being put to the test. And so it becomes a lot harder now to remain in faith. But you see, I've learned to keep my eyes on the prize. See, Paul says, I have not yet attained what God has me, but I press on to the mark of the icon, which is in Christ Jesus. You see, when we can really understand that the God that we serve is, is, is worthy of everything and that nothing that we have is too good for him, just as though we never thought of Christ being too good to give him to us, to set us free from the bandage of sin and to rescue us out of the muck. You understand? Mm-hmm. So too, we should just understand that he wants us all. He wants all of us, not some of us, not a part of us, because we were all created for worship. Amen. And until we're doing that, then we're not being purposeful. And remember, purpose is original intent, you know, and that's what God wants for us, for us to accomplish the purpose that he has put on our lives. Yes, well said, well said. Thank you so much, Kelly Brown. And what do you have your degree in? Well, my degree is in linguistics and with a Bachelor of Arts degree in linguistics and English language education. And so the prior language I did was Spanish because persons hear linguistics and they say, what, how much, how much language you talk? But really linguistics is not just about that, but it also gives you the edge on how to understand the underbelly or how languages come into existence. But Culture Madeira, there's one thing I would want to leave with your audience. And they remember nothing. I wanted to remember the words of this song. Go and ahead, this is the go last ahead. song I wrote. Go ahead. You understand? It is called New Name, New Destiny. And listeners, I want to know this. It's in the past tense because I'm singing it prophetically, you know, believing God that it's already done. Because God says that we have creative power in our tongue, you know, and I'm using my tongue to speak like. The song says, I won't die in the wilderness. I won't die in the mess, no. I know my story has changed, and I won't be the same. I have a new name and a brand new destiny. I'll continue to fight, reclaim all God has for me. You died and rose again. 
conquer death, Lord, and the grave. You shed your holy blood, and through you, Lord, I am saved. But if it wasn't for your blood, Lord Jesus, I would not have been here today, or if I was here any at all. I know I would have gone astray, but I have a new name and a brand new destiny. I'll continue to fight. The claim all God has of me. Cause you say Canaan is a fighting men. Those who endure to the end. Never, never give up. No, no, no. Cause we know our victory is sure, yes. You say Canaan is a fighting man. He who stands firm straight to the end. Put on your armor and your weapon in and on. Plant your foot in and the neck and see Cause I won't die in the wilderness. I won't die in the mess. No, I know my story has changed. Now I won't be the same. I have a new name. And a brand new destiny, I'll continue to fight, the claim all God has for me. Well That's done, it. well done. New name, brand new destiny. This, this has been the show, Kulturama with Diva, where simplicity is just the best thing. A big thank you to my specially invited guest, Kelly Brown from Kingston, Jamaica. You can find my podcast on Core Confidence Radio, 195theglobe.com, anchorfm.net, and mixcloud.com slash culturama with diva. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at culturama.ja at gmail.com. I look forward in hearing from you. Join me next Sunday for the next episode, musical slash entertainment industry, where I will be interviewing the one and only Sandra Brooks. I found the answer down on my knees. This promises to be a wonderful and entertaining show. I really enjoyed myself, Kelly. I am motivated and I know my listeners will enjoy too. Again, sorry for the absence of Mr. Saddam Ahmed, who was supposed to come on this week, but due to some technical difficulties, I asked Kelly Brown to substitute for him. This has been the show, guys. Remember, life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. All the best and see you next week, Sunday. Thanks to my studio engineers, Mr. Damien Rose from Kingston, Jamaica, Mr. Sidney Thorpe, also from Kingston, Jamaica, and Mr. Gary Cameron, from Monroe, Louisiana. I'm tired. Lord, you know I'm tired. Lord, I'm weak.